Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. My name is Zach. I pastor a church just outside of Athens, Georgia, called Calvary 316, located just off of Highway 316. Hope you stay with me over the next hour as we seek to deconstruct the negative perceptions of Christians, and man, are there many, by boldly and brashly discussing today's relevant topics in an honest and genuine way. And today's going to be a little different. We're going to uh, talk about all kinds of topics, but today's episode will be unique because I want to I do something different. I want to kind of pop the hood on the Outlaw radio show by introducing... Uh, another voice, really the, the other main voice that you typically hear from the uh, from the different ads that we roll to the outro, uh, our producer. His name is Josh Brown. His company's His Productions. And Josh, thank you for being with us. Zach, I'm, I'm glad to be here with you. So, His Productions, can you tell me a little bit about what you do, who you are, before we talk about our connection? Yeah, yeah. So, His Productions, uh, we're small uh, studio in Northeast Indiana. We serve mostly Calvary chapels, but we produce for Baptist churches, uh, Assemblies of God, um, non-denominational community churches. We take Bible teaching and we prepare that for radio. So we will take full-length Sunday services, midweek Bible studies, cut those into pieces, write scripts, add voiceover, music, and then distribute those to wherever our client has purchased time. I've heard recently you're actually getting into like television video editing as well. So you're kind yes. of expanding. Yes. Yep. Yep. Within the last month or so, we began producing uh, a TV program and uh, we're hoping to continue in video and, and see what the Lord does with it. How did you get into radio? Well, as a new believer, 1999, um, I knew God had called me to ministry and I came on part time at my church, a Calvary Chapel in Indiana. And I didn't know how I was going to pay the bills. I just, I, I knew that God had called me to ministry, but the, the, the little bit of income I was receiving from the church wasn't enough for my new family. You know, I was newly married, had a, had a baby on the way. Um, and I was producing radio for my pastor, um, kind of cut my teeth on that show. And so I began to pray and I was at a men's conference just outside of Chicago, uh, Calvary Chapel, Blue Island. And, um, I was at lunch, just a, a 20-year-old kid, just sharing my heart with this, this guy that I was eating lunch with. Well, he turned out to be the senior pastor, and he hired me on the spot. He said, we want to hire you to do that, uh, produce our Bible teaching, and that's where his production started. His productions, obviously, uh, the, the very branding of your company yeah. points to something, I think, that's really near and dear. If you, if you had to kind of codify the vision of of his productions into mm-hmm. uh, just kind of a, a simple theme or a mission statement. Mm-hmm. W- what would it be? Like what's really the heart behind the company? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we have a phrase that we use growing God's kingdom through radio and media. So we want to see God's kingdom expand through Bible teaching, through music, through voiceover, through TV, through video. It's really uh, being used by the Lord to, to share the gospel, to share the truth of who Jesus is over the airwaves, over TV. Um, that's, that's our purpose every day when we get out to the studio. How long has his productions been around? We've been in business a little over 17 years. Um, we started in early 2000 and uh, it's 2017. So yeah, I, I've been doing it full time since 2007. Uh, so the last 10 years. Um, and then the team just, you know, we just continued to grow. It's been amazing. I want to uh, I want to tell the audience just a little bit about how uh, the outlaw radio concept right. came to be, right. and then ultimately how we're doing what we're doing right now, yeah. because it's really a uh, um, I think it's a story of faith. Ironically, not mine, uh, a story that's, that's really not of my faith. Uh, so, just to tell tell you guys the audience just how Josh and I connected and how. Uh, we're kind of actually celebrating one year in here. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Josh is in town, yeah. uh, came in to visit, is actually leading worship this Sunday at our church. And, um, and we're kind of celebrating one year of doing ministry together through radio. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and just a little backstory. So I was invited to speak at a pastor's conference uh, in the Midwest. Uh, happened to be a, a conference that Josh was running a booth at. Josh mm-hmm. was at... And, and I was given the first session. Um, I didn't know I had the first session of this pastor's conference until I arrived. And, uh, and, and really the Bible study that I brought uh, was not a good 
uh, first session style uh, Bible study because it was all about leaving your first love and grace and really float out of what is now the outlaw mm-hmm. radio brand. But just that, 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 that the grace changes everything. It was a really kind of uh, punch you in the gut, hit you in the nose yeah. type of study. And, and so I got up and, and delivered it boldly and really just not sure uh, how the Lord would use it or not use it or or whatnot. Anyway, so um, ended up walking around, ended up connecting with Josh. Josh, by the way, is an expert in radio. And if you heard a vibration, he brought his phone in and didn't <laughs> actually mute it. He's the radio guy. Uh, I'm the rank amateur. And I've, I've put my phone on airplane mode. And the look on Josh's face was classic of like, Oh man, I just made a rookie mistake, and Definitely. I'm supposed to be the pro here. Uh, my phone is ringing. Anyway, I ended up connecting. It's off with, now. It's it's off. Now. Thank you. Appreciate that. So, uh, you know, I, I'm I walk off stage a little a little with fear and trepidation of how this Bible study came across to the audience, and 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 I'm kind of walking around, and Josh ends up approaching me and uh, introduces himself, says he's with his productions, and um, and and was like, "Bro, you should be on the radio." Like your style, what you had to say, it resonated. Uh, there's not a lot of people like you, your age, your style, your right. like that's just on the radio at all. Like you should be on the radio. And I'll never forget, I looked at him and I laughed. Yeah. Because it was like, okay, radio, that's funny. Right. Why in the world would I want to be on the radio? And uh, so we started talking. And I said, I said, man, I, isn't radio kind of a dying, a dying media form? I mean, I mean, we, we're, all of our sermons are online. There were podcasts. There, I mean, they're streamed. There's live streaming. I mean, I mean, we're we're tech savvy. The thought of being on radio uh, just never had even entered my consciousness. And uh, and then in addition, I was like, bro, I've got no money, you know, to edit. We're a smaller church, you know. That's cool. I appreciate what you're doing. It seems like God's working. Right. Uh, you produce a lot of shows, but yeah, for me, probably not going to happen. So I, I told him I was pessimistic about radio and had no money, and yet we hung out for like the next three days. Yeah. And over the course of those three days, you 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 didn't give me any money nor convince me that I needed to do radio. But we closed our time where you were like, do you mind if I look into the Athens market? And I said, right. man, if even after knowing that I've got no money and I'm I'm pessimistic about radio. You still <laughs> want to like knock on some doors, yeah. knock yourself out. I, I'll never forget. I had uh, I had missed a call uh, about three weeks later and missed a phone call from Josh, and uh, and I thought, man, I'm not going to talk to that to that guy. It left me a voicemail. I didn't even listen to it. And then like a week later, I'm trying to like clean up my phone and delete a bunch of stuff. And I was like, well, I should at least listen to this voicemail. It was a, it was a Saturday right before the Georgia game. And I listened to the voicemail and, and, and my, my jaw hit the floor yeah. because the voicemail was like, bro, uh, I've, I've knocked on some doors. God is doing something. You need to call me back. And here I am. I'm like, what in the world? Like, I, I'm glad I listened to the voicemail immediately called Josh. He tells me this whole thing, and it was it was it was the most unbelievable thing I, I had heard. And in and, and, and that context, I kind of want to want to hand it over the, the the other half of the story here to you yeah. to kind of fill in the other end of what was happening with yeah. all of that. Yeah, we we do market research for a lot of clients, and uh, the normal thing to do is find the radio stations in that area. Start knocking on doors, just like you said, and ask, you know, what's the, uh, we ask a bunch of things. What's the demographic of your listeners? Real quick, before you get to that, yeah, okay. you, you typically do market research though for people that want to be on radio. Yes. Like how many yes. people do you do market research for that have blatantly told you, <laughs> uh, I kind of think radio's yeah. dumb and I have no money. Generally, that's a no-go. Yeah, generally. <laughs> so I, why, why did you still knock on the doors? Because I believe what I said. I believe what I said. I believed that you were supposed to be on radio. I believe that this was a voice, a message that was different than I've been in radio a long time, you know, uh, edited a lot of messages and we need a fresh infusion of something. And I don't mean progressive in a liberal way. So please hear me when I say this, but a, a forward thinking movement within the body of Christ, not only in our churches, but in media. And the way that you shared that that day at the Midwest Pastors Conference, uh, I meant what I said, that you belonged on radio. And so if I really believe something, 
I'm going to take action to try to figure it out. So um, you start doing market research yes. for, for a guy that you believe should be on radio, though yes. he hasn't figured that <laughs> yes. out yet. Yes. Okay, take it from there. Yeah. So I do what, do what I, uh, I do, just called around to radio stations in your area, and I came to the station that you're now on, WMSL. Um, and uh, we learned about their demographics. We learned about um, their airtime, um, when what they were doing. And I had this great conversation um, uh, with one of their staff. His name's Jeff this great guy and uh, just really connected with Jeff over this phone call. He could hear my heart towards uh, seeing a change and a, sort of a fresh wind coming in radio, in Christian radio, not the old uh, style of radio, but something new and something different. Not that the old way is bad because it's not. God has used it powerfully for many, many years to, I know I was discipled um, through, through an older way of, of presenting Christian radio and Jeff was totally on board. He, he heard what I was saying about who you were as a person, who you are as a Bible teacher and as a pastor, and he was intrigued. And he said, well, I'm going to go back and talk to the powers that be, the people that will help me make this decision. I hear back from Jeff. Yeah, we want to air this. I'm thinking, okay, all right, what's the cost? Let's find out. Oh, no, we, we want to put this, this on um, pro bono. We believe that this is a program that is meant for the WMSL listeners. This is very rare. This doesn't happen. It, 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 Which, for the audience to know, at the time, there was nothing. Like, right. Jeff had just listened to some of the the, the sermons that we post online. Yes. Yeah, links. There was no mm-hmm. Outlaw Radio. No demo, we had nothing. We had no demo, no right. promo. Right. Jeff had not heard us actually do anything at that time. Exactly. But was like, hey, put something together. We'll give you two minutes a day. Yes. For free. Mm-hmm. Which is the voicemail you left me. Like, hey. Yeah. You've got two minutes for free, right. which kind of eliminates the uh, you don't have any money end of it. Right. And uh, so now it's whether or not you're just going to take advantage of an opportunity. And so I'm mm-hmm. listening to the voicemail. I call you. Yeah. And it's like, well, Lord, if if two minutes, it's free. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's do it. And so at that point, you were like, you need to come up with an idea, a brand. Yep. And we had just finished at the church. We had just finished the Outlaw Church series through Galatians. So mm-hmm. it was... It was simple about doing uh, outlaw radio, but I think initially our first conversation about it, I'm not sure you were totally on board with the whole branding. It was radical. It was something I'd never heard before. The idea of what you were presenting, definitely. Even definitely. the music, you were you were the music. The music was pretty fresh. I mean, it was so different than than anything we'd ever done. Even music that we had made. Um, apart from the music that you hear on the radio. But when I heard the brand, when I heard, you know, the reasoning behind it that was deeply rooted in this, this study that come out of the book of Galatians for your, your uh, congregants, the people that are worshiping with you, the music perfectly fits the idea. Um, and so, yeah, I was on board. It just took a little convincing. So we did, <laughs> we, we started with two minutes Yeah. at yeah. WMSL here locally mm-hmm. in Athens, Georgia. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, uh, and it didn't take but maybe about a week yeah. until Jeff called and was like, hey, we want to put a full length 30 minutes on mm-hmm. Sunday nights. Mm-hmm. And so we were immediately scrambling to, to figure out how to do all that. Yep. And then a couple months later, Jeff comes back and says, hey, why don't we think about doing something completely outside of the box? Right. Let's do kind of a, a talk show format. And uh, just with the minute that we have left, can you kind of just let the audience know, because a lot of people might be listening outside of Georgia, can you kind of explain what's happened? We haven't done anything to do this, but just what's what's happened since? Yeah, since then, uh, the two-minute messages and even the 26-minute messages and now the talk radio-style program that you're listening to right now. Right is on in many other cities in the United States. It's on the entire state of Colorado. Uh, some of them, I should say. Uh, Houston, um, which is a major city. And now most recently, a wonderful network of radio stations um, called Hope FM, which is is a, a number of, of bro- uh, broadcasting frequencies uh, and messages. It's just amazing. It's 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 really quite incredible. Listen, we're running up against a break. I want to hold yeah. you back over for okay. another block. And because you have a really cool story that I think also needs to be told. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. If you're in Georgia listening right now in the greater Athens area, 
and you don't have a church home, we encourage you to check out the church that Zach Adams pastors, Calvary 316. Not only would you be hard-pressed to find a collection of people more real and genuine about their Christian experience, but the entire outlaw radio culture of grace flows out of the ministry of Calvary 316. Keep in mind, Calvary 316 is a church that's relaxed and uber-contemporary, but is unapologetically believer-focused. We focus our service on teaching the Bible in order to see Christians grow and mature in their faith. To learn more about the church community or to access Zach's sermon media, please visit calvary316.com. Once again, that's calvary316.com. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. Uh, Our desire is to connect with the audience. There's a lot of ways that you can do it. Uh, We're uh, on Facebook, which is pretty sweet. The Radio Outlaw, you can find us. Our Twitter handle, at Radio underscore Outlaw. If you're old school, you want to send us an email, info at outlawradio.org. And and the reason I bring this stuff up is, is that it's really important to connect with you, the audience. We want to hear your feedback about the show, questions that you might have about things that were said. You might even have topics you'd like us to address moving forward. Like really, we want to have this give and take with the audience, but in order to do that, we need to hear from you. And so please reach out. If you're interested in having your thoughts, suggestion, question, etc., played live, uh, please call our phone number, leave a message. Uh, the phone number is 678-883-3316. Once again, the phone number is 678-883-3316. And I know I'm going to get grief for this right from the bat, but please keep your voice message pithy. I want someone to call in and tell Zach that you don't like the word pithy. Agree with me, someone. No, no, Man. everyone Man. everyone loves the word pithy. It's a great word. Why, why are you so visceral Listen, to pithy? Pithy is overripe fruit. That's not. It it's, is. I'm it's, pretty it's sure to if you look it up. It's to keep something brief to the point. Don't, don't bloviate. <laughs> Can I say bloviate? That works too. Hey, yeah. I like old words. Yeah. Old words are good just because you're- Hipster th- words. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Man, we went to the hipster, hipster cop out. Anyway. <laughs> We've been talking uh, to Josh Brown, who's not just a friend of of the Outlaw Radio Ministry, um, but is our producer. He's kind of the the man behind the board, so to speak, the guy that's putting it all together. And as mentioned in the first block, uh, none of this would exist at all, from the two-minute devotional to the 30-minute um, manifestation of, of the actual the, the service, the teaching ministry, uh, to uh, the talk show format. None of this would, would be... Uh, would be on the air if it wasn't for Josh's faith and what God was doing, uh, not just through through me and Calvary 316, but just the unique angle of God's grace that we were proclaiming and yeah. just had a heart to see uh, that reach a wider audience. And I, I want to probe just for a few minutes here. Yeah. What what about the grace of God and what we were saying like really reverberated? In yeah. So for, for me, kind of uh, uh, under the hood, as you would say, uh, about a year before I had bumped into you at the Midwest Conference, um, I had come out of a, a difficult church circumstance. You know, a lot of our, our listeners, I'm sure, can can identify with this. Everybody has had struggles in the church. Well, I've been a staff member. I've been a pastor. Which, by the way, if you're in the Athens area and you're having one of those struggles and you're looking for a new church, <laughs> yes. come check out Calvary 316 right yeah. off of Highway 316. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I interrupt. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd come out of a really difficult uh, church circumstance, and I was a, I was a staff member. I was a pastor, a worship leader. I'd been there for 16 years, a long, long time. And the church had very slowly left exposition, slowly left um, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and book by book Bible teaching, and began to really kind of focus on tangents and um, I would say microcosms within the scripture, things that were cool and important, um, but were not the broad spectrum of what God's word speaks to us as believers, as followers of Christ. And it, plain and simple, it was just good old fashioned legalism, the antithesis of grace. And so when I began to hear what you were saying in that message, in the Midwest message, uh, Midwest conference, I was, it was kind of salve for me. It's like, whoa. I needed, I personally, as a, as a follower of Jesus myself, 
it was a message that I deeply needed to hear because I had heard, I had come from such a very burdensome space, you know, uh, within my my family, even all of us. Uh, so right away, it resonated with the things that the Holy Spirit had been speaking to me in the previous three years. He'd been showing me just slowly, uh, that's not the right direction. That's not that's not me speaking to you. That's a that's a man's interpretation. That's a man's uh, idea of who I am. And so when I began to hear you speak about grace in this kind of um, I'll use the word brash, sort of really forward way, it, it ministered to me as a follower of Jesus. And, and that's why right away I, I was stirred up and I felt like I got to connect with this guy. I, I, I know I needed this and I can't be the only one. There's got to be other people. I remember in some of the, uh, really like the first month where, where we just had the, the two minute, you were right. like, yeah, bro, you've got to get like 30 of these done immediately yeah. so that we can get them on the air. And I'm like, I got to get 30 of these. And so I'm churning them out and you're editing. And I remember having almost every other night you calling me yes. being like, so I've got to ask you <laughs> yes. about something you just said. Yes. Um, can you elaborate? And it was kind of an interesting give and take. It was, it was. And, and, and it was because the things that you were saying were, were challenging my own mindsets that I'd had for so long, you know? Uh, I got saved in 1999 and this was all I knew. Like I, I had no other um, frame of reference for church other than what I had been exposed to at this particular church. And so the things that you were saying were things that I'd always thought, wait a minute, that's not grace. That's uh, lawlessness or licentiousness or something that is opposed, uh, a greasy grace, as you, we've heard the word. But the more that I listened to what you were saying, the more I could understand no, this is really accepting the finality of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Real grace. Yeah, the amazing, the amazing thing is, you know, it, it really irritates me when when you hear that common phrase, uh, the abuse of grace. Yeah, you know, oh, that person has abused grace. Hey, mm -hmm. it's like don't blame grace. Like mm -hmm. grace had no part of right. their sin. Right. Their problem is that they really didn't take it far enough. Like it's not Grace's fault; they're an idiot, right? Um, right. They're they're just an idiot. Bad choices. Yeah, they're just making bad. Like, don't blame Grace. Mm -hmm. Like, Grace will never lead you to sin. Sin nature it, will because it only leads you to Jesus. That's right. And then it takes you deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper yeah. into a relationship with Jesus. So, yep. never blame Grace yeah. for sin or be afraid to take Grace as far as you possibly can because you can never take it far enough. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of these things are challenging you. Yes. And 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 it's hitting you from this context of of a very um a very present situation yeah. that you were facing coming out mm -hmm. of the church uh, that was very very legalistic. Um, we're not going to be able to get to the the full story. As a matter of fact, we'll we'll probably even have to take a break in the middle of it. But I, I do have a question, mm -hmm. and I have a question that will only make sense to the audience um, if you would first tell a bit of your story right. about how you came to know the Lord, because I think it's really interesting, that story, the context of where you were in this legalistic church, and then the radical nature of grace. So can you just take take a few minutes Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have to interrupt you in like yeah. two minutes. Okay. Uh, but, but set the stage for your testimony because you really do have a testimony of the power of God's grace. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was born and raised in the church that I was describing. And it was it was a Calvary chapel. It was a, a church that taught verse by verse, uh, chapter by chapter and book by book. Um, but I was not saved until I was 19. Um uh, my freshman year in high school, 15, my grandmother died, never experienced any death. I'd never even been to a funeral in my life, never. And so when my grandmother died, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm just a kid, don't really know how to process that. And I was one of those kids, you know, I played sports, uh, I was a jock, but I also had kids who were stoners, you know, I hung with whatever, whoever, I had friends, whatever. And when my grandmother died, I, I don't know, I, I believe it was Satan, uh, the enemy at that time, I just had this thought, well, I'm going to go and 
and uh, seek counsel and solace uh, from these friends that that um, use drugs. And my freshman year in high school, I started smoking pot. You know, everybody talks about it being the gateway drug. Before you get to the drugs, yeah, yeah. G- give a little background about your yeah. family. Yeah, my family. I mean, uh, great people. My mom and dad. Um, uh, you know, I didn't come from a broken home. I've got one younger sister. Um, I was born and, and raised in this church. First baby dedicated in this church when there was 15 people. My parents were two of the 15, 1979. Meeting above a TV repair shop in the town that I was born and raised in. Went to Sunday school my whole life. Heard God's word. Went to youth group. You know, we didn't have cable at our house. My parents were, you know, wouldn't let us watch MTV. Very, very... Uh, they did the very best that they could, you know, as parents. They did everything they could. Um, we were without want. We were a wealthy family, uh, but we didn't have much need. We lived comfortably. And I played sports, blessed life, you know. My parents loved me, cared for me, nothing, you know, no abuse, nothing that would push me towards the decisions that I made. Not one thing. Um, it, were, it was my decisions. So for you, a, a pivotal turning point was the death. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't that I was close to my grandmother because she lived like in Phoenix. I, I think it literally, Zach, I think it was just an excuse. It was the sin nature that was inside of me that was looking for a way out like it is with every person. Sin is, is very, it's a common denominator. It may look like this in my life. It may look like this in your life, but it's going to show its ugly face in mm. some way, mm. somehow. Right. And I'm 15, I'm a re- dealing with a rebellion anyways, and that's how uh, it was going to come out. So, good family. Good family. Godly parents. Godly, yep. yep. Church kid. Yes. Youth that's group. Right. Yes. You're 15. Yes. And there's a death. And for mm-hmm. just an unexplained reason, yep. Yep. it sent a bit of a shockwave yes. through your life mm-hmm. and got you to... to to start to question things that you hadn't questioned before, right? Look into things you hadn't looked into before, right. mm-hmm. and then it ended up leading to smoking weed. Yeah, and it's and it's there that we're going to pick back up as soon as we return here on the Outlaw Radio Show. Okay, please stay with us. We're going to take a pause for some brief station identification. Zach will be back with more of today's edition of the Outlaw Radio Show. Now, here's Pastor Zach as he continues with part two of today's edition of the Outlaw Radio Show. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. We're uh, blessed to be joined by Josh Brown from his productions, and, and he's sharing a little bit about his story, and we're doing this for, for a reason, because Josh made a point earlier on that one of the things that really resonated about Outlaw Radio is the the incredible nature of God's grace in the context of coming out of a church that was very legalistic, mm-hmm. but you didn't start in a place of legalism. As no. a matter of fact, you ended up in a really cool place of grace. You're 15. Mm-hmm. Your grandmother's passed away. Right. Some shockwaves have been sent. Pick it up from there. Yeah. So I I mean I remember I remember going to these friends and just just uh, saying hey I want to smoke some pot with you guys and I remember where I was sitting in between these two girls. Uh, smoking out of a Coke can that we made into a pipe. And I physically said, Zach, outside, I said, you know, this is fun. I'm having a great time. I'm never going to be a guy with a needle in his arm. Said this out loud. And I'll never be a bum on the street. One of those drug addicts. You know, those those losers. I'll never be that. I said this the very first time I did drugs. From a storytelling angle, we'd call that foreshadowing. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. And... um yeah, and from that, I mean, it was within six, maybe eight months, I started doing crystal meth. And, um, 15, 16. Yes, is your coming age. into 16. Yeah. And, and, and at 16, I went to my first, my first rehab. Um, I tried to commit suicide. I, I literally tied a, a, a necktie around my neck to my ceiling fan and jumped off the chair. And I, I came to on the floor. And I knew that there was something, you know, something wrong with me, you know, not just the fact that I was using drugs, but why would I, why, why would I do this? And you remember those 800 numbers? If you're, a, if you're a teen and you're in trouble, call this number, I call this number. So 
my parents, the, 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 the hospital calls my parents, your child just told us this, you need to bring them in. So I go into this place and did your parents have any idea what you were going through? I don't think that they knew, uh, that I, I mean, they knew that I was in rebellion cause I was just a jerk, you know, I was just a jerk of a kid. Um, but I don't think that they knew, they probably knew that I was smoking weed, but I don't think that they knew I was using, uh, meth. A serious, yeah, a, serious a hard one. drug, yeah, yeah. So I go to this this rehab and I get sober and I do the whole thing, man. Um, uh, ninety meetings, ninety days. You get out of treatment and that's what you do. You go to ninety meetings, ninety days. A A N A, whatever C A. Um, and I remember being in these meetings and I was I was sober, I was clean, but there was this this fire inside of me, unquenchable, always. It was, it was like there was a beast inside that I had to try to keep at bay. I was just trying to get out because to, to, I wanted the drug so terribly bad, so bad, just like a fire that consumes wood. You could never put enough on it uh, to, to satisfy it. And that's how I felt. So it was always like I go to these meetings and it was just to keep that at bay, just to keep that monster down. And I did. I stayed sober, then relapse, you know, I go right back to it. I did that back and forth uh, for the next two years, um, going to rehabs, inpatient, outpatient, um, went to NA, uh, Narcotics Anonymous, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, never really had a drinking problem. Always, always, it was always drugs for me, um, but 12-step program, you know, CA, um, I did therapists, uh, I did all sorts of things. I did, Zach... Everything that this world has to offer, I tried to get sober. I tried. You know, I did everything I could. Halfway houses, you know, religious places. I even moved halfway across the country. I got into a fight with a kid at our school. Did not go very well. And then there's these bad people looking after me or looking for me. So I move out. I'm in a hippie commune out in the middle of the desert in Arizona. I did everything, everything I could uh, to get sober to no avail. During all of this, you end up meeting who is now your wife, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And she would, you know, she was driving drugs for me, you know, when we would cut our stuff up and recook it, she would, she would drive it to different places that we needed, needed to bag things up. Cause I knew she police. was just as lost as you were at the time. Oh yeah. And my wife never, she never really, uh, she did not come from a church background at all. She came from a completely broken home. Um, and just didn't have any frame of reference, like it, no accountability all the while I did. And I, I, in my guts, in my guts, I knew this is wrong. This is not the right life. So you're a drug addict, full yeah. blown. Yeah. I'm out in Phoenix, uh, um, and injecting using a needle, <laughs> shooting up crystal meth, man. Everything yeah. that you said that you wouldn't living become. in my car in the park in Phoenix. And, and you're doing this knowing the truth. I mean, yes. it's not as though you had rejected Jesus, rejected your Christian faith. There was a, a an awareness that what you were doing was wrong, correct? I did, yeah. And I always knew that God was real. You know, I always believed that that God was real, that the story of who Jesus was, the events of history that we know about, about him being perfect, living, I believed all that, but I didn't believe it for me. I didn't appropriate that faith. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, you can assent to saying, yes, I believe that Jesus was God in the flesh and that he lived a perfect life and, and was crucified on a cross. I believe that that happened, but I didn't believe it for me. I'd never confessed and repented of my sins and asked Jesus to, to change me as a person. Never did that. When did you hit the bottom? So, and I know that's a dangerous question yeah. because it conjures up a lot of yeah of emotion. I you know it was I was in and out of jail, in and out of rehabs. Um, my wife and I we we ended up um, in the south side of Fort Wayne in the hood, living in an apartment, and we made this pact that you know we'd only do like psychedelic drugs, smoke weed, no coke, uh, no meth, uh, you know none of none of those kinds of things. Um, we would just eat acid, eat mushrooms, and smoke weed. Just be kind of um, chill, you know. <laughs> Try to keep things together, right? You know, pay our bills, or and we didn't really do that either. Um, and in the midst of all that, even before that, it's, it's duly noted that I overdosed on cocaine while tripping on acid. <laughs> you know, dead, 
in an emergency room and and all these people from our church were interceding so there were people that loved you there were people that were there yeah. people pleading watching your life fall apart yeah you full knowledge that oh, you yeah. were on a, a path to destruction yep when did it change it, it changed for me we were we were living in this apartment um and we had been eating mushrooms for two weeks straight like every day going to the same guy's house and just tripping just, you don't do anything halfway do you no like if you're gonna do something you just yes <laughs> we're gonna take it to the most extreme yes that we can okay yeah. so two yeah. weeks mushrooms two weeks mushrooms and and we 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 come around we're, we're going back to this guy's house uh to get another bag double down as they say well two weeks in probably more than double down i don't know what you call it then so we take these mushrooms mushrooms are a drug that you know about 30 45 minutes you know you've taken them you know it's not like coke or pot that you you know you take a hit off of a bong or you take a gag or a coke and you know right away you're high mushrooms take time you know it's like this linear sort of thing so 45 minutes go by and i know something's not right you know and i'm upset i'm thinking we got ripped off my buddy takes him my wife girlfriend at that time we all ate from the same bag nobody's high so i'm fixing to get my things go drag this guy out of his yard to get my money back and i thought we got ripped off so we're, we're sitting there and i start i start having these um i'm not high at all no one's high my buddy ends up going to bed he sleeps all night but you don't sleep when you take mushrooms my girlfriend and i are sitting there and i start having these um extremely destructive thoughts like i want to try to go by my elbow and get my fingernails underneath my elbow skin and just begin to peel my skin like a banana like pull my own skin off i have these impressions that stick my thumb in my eyeball socket and pop my eye out these extremely demonic destructive uh things they're they're starting to happen and, and starting to kind of i start getting this anxious feeling um very very intense but i'm not high which is weird yeah yeah okay. it was really weird um and that continued that continued for about an hour and then things started to dramatically change from there okay let's let's pause right there you're not high no but you are completely tripping there's something yeah. deep happening yes and um and i think that's a, a really good place uh, for us to come back after this break uh, glad you're with us hope you join us stay with us on the outlaw radio show one of the things we want to accomplish with Outlaw Radio is to challenge Christians to think critically, ask relevant questions, and then seek answers on their own. The sad truth is that there are many Christians walking around representing Jesus with literally no clue why they believe what they do. This is why, in addition to our show tackling the tough topics you might not hear on Sunday at church, we want to equip you, inspire you, and challenge you to study God's Word and wrestle with these challenging topics on your own. To aid you in this process, we want to share a resource we find incredibly valuable. Check out blueletterbible.org. In addition to a treasure trove of free commentaries, blueletterbible.org has an incredible word search function as well as the ability to dive into the original language behind a text. Basically, blueletterbible.org simplifies the process where you can study the Bible on your own. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. I want to waste no time jumping right back into our story. So Josh, something's happening here. Yeah. Yeah, I am uh I'm having these terribly terribly destructive thoughts, you know, and I I start pacing. So I'm walking around our apartment. I notice I start kind of grinding my teeth. You know, I start uh in the truest sense of the word seething, if you know what I mean by that. Just started started this in intensity happening and and I began to tell my my girlfriend, my wife now Lisa, I said, "I think I'm going crazy." Cuz I've seen it. I've seen people take mushrooms and eat acid strip off all their clothes, buck naked, climb to the top of the trees and howl at the moon. I've literally seen people lose their minds on, on drugs. So I thought, well, maybe that's happening to me. It's just going to be a really great time. Not the case at all. So 
I, uh, I begin telling her this and I end up in our bedroom and I'm curled up on, on our bed and I start, I start tensing like all my muscles in my body. I could feel this, like all, everything is hard, like all my muscles are, are tight and clenched. And I'm still having these destructive thoughts, these, these just terrible thoughts. Didn't want to hurt anybody else, just myself. You know, looking back now, I know I had been contributing to a, a spiritual state of being for so long that those entities were taking control of what was rightfully theirs. They owned me. Like Legion, I was filled with uncleanness. And this uncleanness was, was controlling me. I had, I'd, I'd given it over to it so much. So I'm laying in this bed and I'm, I'm clenched up. And in my mind, as I'm thinking, I have this, just this quick thought to read my Bible. Because right next to my bed where my bong and my mushrooms and weed and everything, I had a Bible. I don't know why. Well, that's where everybody keeps their Bibles, <laughs> right? <laughs> their bong, yeah. So I opened up my Bible. And I know that that's God speaking to me. You know, d- Satan doesn't tell us to read our Bibles. That's not what he says. He tells you the opposite. So as soon as I crack the book, I open the pages and the pages fold out in front of me immediately hallucinating words melting off the page immediately under the influence of these mushrooms so not normal to where it's very slow and gradual there is this battle this fight this war that was taking place so now i'm going through this emotional emotional turmoil and i'm experiencing this super super hardcore trip I'm laying there i'm seething gritting my teeth having these terrible thoughts and 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 again in my in my mind in my heart i hear this voice say pray and i just begin to pray i just begin to say god i can't do this anymore i need you i need you to do something in my life i need you to change me and i begin to have these 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 thoughts that I needed to confess and I call my dad like two o'clock in the morning and I begin to confess sin. Oh, terrible things I had done. Horrible things that I had done. Confessing to him, telling him all these things. My dad, I don't even know if he knew what was going on. I get off the phone with my dad. I've confessed all these things and, and I hear this voice again and, and it's, it's God. I know it is. He says, tonight I'm going to heal you. Tonight, I'm going to set you free if you'll let me. It was a decision. It was a conversation that we were having. And, and I remember telling the Lord, Lord, I don't even know what you're saying. I don't even, I don't even understand what that means. But you, you need to do whatever it, whatever it takes to change me. I said, yes. And as soon as I said yes, the tension in my legs and in my body was like it was it was like my body was going to explode it felt like you know when you're at the bottom of a roller coaster you're in the cart and you can see you know only only clouds as you're ascending and you hear that click 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 the the chain going just taking you up to the top and i uh i knew that it was about it was about I was about to explode. I get to the top of what this feels like this emotional volcano. And it's like everyone I had ever known had just, just died. My heart, my, my who I was, I was like, I died and this breaking, tearing, wrenching took place. I opened my mouth, Zach, and I just screamed. This happened over and over again for about two hours. Wow. As soon as I would scream like that, my body, all of this, this, everything would, would relax and I could feel what what felt like oil on the top of my head just slowly washing over my body and with it came peace like I had never known before never experienced in my life so this was your Damascus Road moment oh yeah this was an encounter with Jesus front and center and it changed everything it changed everything. I I went to bed that night I woke up the next morning and I got up and Zach it was like everything was different. I couldn't see the same. Everything looked different. I felt different. I was truly, John 3, Nicodemus' conversation with Jesus, I had been born again, like a new human being, radically changed. 
I grabbed my weed and I grabbed my, my cigarettes and I grabbed my, my pot. I went and I flushed it down the toilet. I never touched it again. Never. Never had another desire. I had been completely set free. No burning, no fire, no desire to do drugs ever again. I was living in sin with my girlfriend at that time. I told her our lease ended that, that day, same day. I said, we can't live together anymore. This isn't right. I didn't know why. And I knew from childhood what I've been told. We both moved home. And I, I am just this baby, newborn Christian, uh, free from this life of addiction. And uh, that's when I got involved with the, the church, the, the Calvary Chapel that I was a part of. So this, this sets up my question. Oh. Because your testimony is gnarly. Like yeah. legitimately, yeah. Uh, not everyone can even relate to right. just the radical nature right. Of, of your transformation and how immediate it was. And, yeah. and listen, if you're struggling with drugs, if you're struggling with addiction and you're hearing Josh's story and there's part of you where you're like, I'm angry at God because I've been asking for right. that type of a radical thing to happen to me and it hasn't. And I've been going through these cycles like Jesus heals differently. That's right. Absolutely. But you experienced God's grace. You deserve none of it. It was unmerited favor. Oh, no. It was it was God stepping in your life in spite of you, like a total work of God. Yeah. How do you go with just just the the two or three minutes we have left? We're running yeah. out of time. Yeah. But how do you go from 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 being washed by His grace to then finding yourself in the next few years yeah. totally emerged in legalism? Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's a that's a question that I don't know that I can even fully answer. Because what happened was I, I got saved. I go to this church and there's this sort of fatherly figure, a pastor, an older gentleman who I really looked up to. And I just began to follow, began to listen to the Bible teaching. And it was solid. It was sound. But as the, the teaching began to sort of take that little bit of, you know, five degree turn off of, of straight, I didn't see it. I didn't. I was too enthralled with the, maybe the size of the ministry or the the scope or my own position maybe in, in the ministry as as a staff member. So your your descent from grace into legalism was a very slow one. It was it was um, twelve years, and it was yielded yeah. from a um, an error in the way that the Bible was being t- taught. Definitely, and in my own my own application of that, yeah, my own my own way of of seeing the Bible, it was, um, I think for me, it's like I came from such filthiness and such terrible, unclean lifestyle, the addiction, the the immorality, the, the stealing, all the things that I was doing, that to truly accept grace for me was it became a doing rather than a receiving. So legalism seemed to be a salve of sorts, a conscious sort of thing that I could do. I could do and, and obey these things to make up, to make good, to make right with God. The right. total perversion of grace. Right. What would you say today? Grace to legalism, back to grace. How, how is grace changing changing you today? Yeah, t- so, so today I, I don't know nearly as much as I thought I did. Right. You know, none of us do. Well, man, I was just uh, um, a know-it-all. I had a lot to say about a lot of different things, and I say a lot less than I used to. I listen a little bit more, and I'm not so quick to condemn and to judge others as I was before. I still have that same tendency, uh, but I listen a little bit more. Amen. Josh, thank you so much for being with us. I'd be dead for any other reason, Zach. Man, what a powerful <laughs> story. What's your website? Hisproductions.com. Is there a way if someone uh, heard this yeah. struggling, yeah, w- wants to talk to you? I just know your heart. How, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, they can. They can message me through the website. The phone number on that website. You can call or text. It's my mobile number. Uh, gotcha. It'll come right to me. I would be glad to talk and pray with you. Hey, listen. You've been listening to the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. If you like what you heard, check out our website, outlawradio.org. Connect Twitter, Facebook. Hey, may God's grace change everything. You've been listening to the one and only Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. As mentioned, if you like what you heard, be sure to connect with us on Facebook. 
Follow us on Twitter or check out our website by visiting outlawradio.org. To listen again to today's show, access our daily two-minute broadcast or full-length episodes, check out the Outlaw Radio podcast, available on both iTunes and Google Play. Once again, don't forget, we want to hear from you if you have questions, want to challenge something that was said, or would like to submit topics you'd like to hear Zach discuss on air, you can either email us at info at outlawradio.org or you can leave a voicemail at 678-883-3316. Finally, programs like Outlaw Radio are wonderful tools God can use to change lives. But as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. First, if you're not tithing to your local church, you need to do so. And yet, if God has laid it upon your heart to extend your generosity above and beyond your tithe, we'd ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Outlaw Radio. Every donation ensures this show remains on your local station. To learn how you can become a financial partner, please visit outlawradio.org. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you join us again next week for the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. Outlaw Radio is a ministry of Calvary 316 in partnership with his productions.